After a shaky start, Pitt turned last week's game into a fairly easy win, with Kenny Pickett back as the starter. Can Pitt capitalize on some much-needed momentum and get another win against a 2-5 Georgia Tech team? We preview this week's matchup against the Yellow Jackets and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One hell game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of November 14th, 2020. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan Tuzinski. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. And the, we all knew it. And finally, Pitt figured it out. The most important thing you could have in football these days is a goal line quarterback. And also, Kenny Pickett. And also, a pretty bad opponent in Florida State. Either way, the Panthers are back in the win column blowout win over the Seminoles of Florida State back on the road again this week against Georgia Tech four losses in a row still on people's minds but not as much and we get to smile at least maybe in the the corner of our mouths this week Vince just a little smirk after last week's victory yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, we'll be talking about it. Uh, you know, that Florida State team, they're in rough shape. And <laughs> Georgia Tech in rough shape, too. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, Pitt was able to get the job done. They did. And we're going to get the job done today because we have the director of the Hail to Pitt podcast back. Pam, welcome back. Happy win to you. Thank you. I'm excited. It was a nice, stress-free end of the game. It was nice to kind of put that one in the books and I don't know if we can say the same for Georgia Tech but a weak opponent it's nice to get some wins against the teams you should be beating finally it's been a very long time since I've watched a sporting event rooted for a team and the game wasn't super close at the end so that was (laughs) I didn't didn't even even, when you talk about it it just me personally as a Steeler Pitt Laker fan I don't remember another time in 2020 where the end of a game was just kind of like I was just relaxing maybe going on my phone a little bit on Twitter a little bit more drinking a drink maybe pouring some more beers than normal just having a good time and today I'm doing just that by the way, pouring a, a Wicked Weeds, U- Uncle Rick's Pilsner Vince from Asheville, North Carolina, and my good friends there at Wicked Weed. By, by my good friends, I mean the people at the gas station that sold me the, the case. Awesome. <laughs> what what, what kind been... of beer is that, Alan? Uh, this is a Pilsner. It's a really golden, uh, not too hoppy, very light on, on the tummy. You know, if you're watching your figure, I, I highly recommend it. I've been to that brewery. Great brewery. Highly recommend if yeah, you're in good, the Asheville area. Good friends of the show if you're down in Asheville. we got a lot of Pitt fans down in Asheville. Not a lot of people know that, but that's definitely true and definitely not just made up on the show. All right. got a lot to get into. We've got Georgia Tech, Florida State Review, some basketball talk, 
Of course, we're going to hit the pit internet. We're going to have a lot of fun today. And we, of course, are on Twitter at H2P Show. If you want to follow us, reach out to us that way. Social media, we're involved in it. And, of course, email hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. That's hail to pit podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Panther Lair. We're on Reddit. We're all over the place. We talk pit everywhere, all day, every single day. And we love it. And then we do the podcast, and we love this even more. This is what it's all about. Being a Pit Panther, hailing the pit each and every single week with you. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com right now if you want to start your own podcast on any subject matter. If you're a detective, a private eye, and you want to tell some great stories, but you don't know what the hell a podcast is or how to do one, go to prettyeasypodcast.com. And get your start today and tell the world about some mysteries. PrettyEasyPodcast.com. Thank them for sure. All right. Florida State. That game was a lot of fun. But was that the real pit? Or was that just pit against a really bad team? Some are calling it, Vince, a royal and blue mirage. Yeah, hard hard to say there, uh, Alan. We, we talked about it last week that, that you know Florida State offensively is the kind of team that that pit dominates and should dominate. You know they got a shaky offensive line, and they they got a quarterback who is not really accurate uh, in terms of uh, getting the ball down the field to open receivers. And and Pitt, you know, after a little bit of a shaky start at the beginning, t- uh, took care took care of business there, uh, which which was great. And I thought that was impressive, especially with some of the guys that were out on defense. And offensively, it, Florida State, not a great defense, but you know, that, that necessarily hasn't always stopped Pitt this season. But Kenny Pickett just making a huge def- difference in this game. Uh, so uh, you kind of saw what Pitt can be, you know, when they're firing on all cylinders. Uh, but certainly Florida State not being good uh, really helped. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Watch, Pam, I, I wanted to, I've been waiting to ask you though, because last week Vince and I were saying, well, the defense they'll be back for this game. You know, they kind of took a nap during the losing streak. They can't they would you say they gave up 17 points, but they pretty much dominated big plays. Was Kenny Pickett like a factor in the defense maybe having their stuff together? While or was it just that Florida State was I feel like they've played not not the best opponents. I mean, obviously Notre Dame's tough and you know, Miami a little bit better, but not world beaters. Why was the defense all of a sudden woken up? Well, didn't Florida State beat North Carolina? They did, yeah. Yes. So it's, yeah. I mean, I think Florida State's had this this issue the past few years where they just recruit. I mean, the recruiting's been down a little bit recently, but um, I think part of it, you can attribute part of the defense's success to Kenny Pickett a little bit because Kenny Pickett can extend drives and give defense the defense a break. Um, I also think, what, did James Blackman play like one series and had a pick and then they pulled him out because their starter got hurt? Travis, back, yeah. Travis was banged up coming into the game, played. They put James Blackman in, and then that didn't last very long. Chub, I think and then James we got Blackman Chub, is done. Then we got Chubba Purdy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it definitely helps the defense when you have a guy like Kenny Pickett that can extend drives, you know, not always have three and outs um, to give those guys a little bit of a break. But um, the secondary, I thought, looked pretty good without a few key players. Uh, Ford, obviously, you guys talked about um, – 
last week, Pinnock and uh, Williams. Yeah, the the secondary had a game. Uh, also want to throw out there that uh, the defense might have had a, a fun time playing this one too because of Kirk Christodoulou, who freaking was all, I mean, just all-worldly punter in this game, Vince. He was, he was kicking him in the exact spot, kicking him deep pinpointing i think he he won some sort of weekly award for his performance last week didn't he He did yeah 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 yeah. he he the punting this year i'd say has been you know for the most part fairly solid uh you know very few gaffes i would say in that in that department um but yeah this this defense you know they they really came to play and you think especially with how many starters down they were i mean yeah you're not going up against a great Florida State team, but you know, with how many guys that were out, uh, yeah, they they really came to play. So Kenny Pickett shows up. He only throws six incomplete passes in this game. Didn't throw a touchdown, but the defense, like we said last week, got their heads kind of out of their keisters. Got the three picks, sacked. I mean, that's what they do. They get sacks. They just sometimes give up points too. Fourteen tackles for loss. Is that stat correct, Vince? Is that real? Yeah. yeah. Holy That's hell. right. In the backfield the whole game. So defense spectacular um, and really the pit defense we expected all season long. Uh, but, man, Kenny Pickett, so important to this offense and r- really an offense that did the things that they don't do uh, normally, and that is uh, catch the ball. They had no drops in this game. And goal line offense. Yeah. We called Nick it Patty. Nick, Nick Patty. Where are you, Vince? You called. You said, "Where's Nick Patty?" He showed up on the goal line twice this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a you know pretty big time show. There's a lot of people listening to this, so I'm not surprised that it it made its way uh, to the to the game plan. Nick Patty getting oh, in there, geez. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, they tried it, you know, multiple times at the end of the game, didn't, didn't necessarily get there, but, uh, you know, uh, and coach did even comment in the press conference this week that, you know, we may never see that again, uh, getting mm-hmm. Nick Batty in there in, in that situation. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, but yeah, yeah, no drop passes, you know, which is, you know, it's just great to see drives extended, particularly on third down, uh, where, where guys are just making easy catches. When they got down on the goal line, like you said, Alan, they were able to punch it in, you know, multiple times, and it, they really just they, they really just put it on them. They they, they did an excellent job of, of executing. Uh, it was a little shaky at the beginning of the game, but they they finally got in gear and uh, in full gear, I would say, and you know. Florida State just wasn't going to stop them. And how about Pam that th- they were actually down fourteen to three in this game? That is hard to believe, but it is true. They did get off to somewhat of a slow start. Was there any point down fourteen three? You thought, here we go again. Here comes five in a row. Um, I was a little less weary because Kenny Pickett was there and. Um, knew his leadership would shine through. And I thought it was a matter of time for Florida State as well. I was a little weary, but um, not too bad. Not too bad. I do think um, that uh, some of that can be after the bye week, just being shaky after the bye yeah. week. That's a good point. Uh, I was very concerned. Yeah, uh, he was. <laughs> uh, and I will say this, that, you know, still 
you know, nine penalties in this game. Still way too many penalties mm-hmm. this team has taken. We talked about it last week. You know, would they play better? You know, they absolutely played better. Uh, but still, you know, the penalties, uh, some missed tackles in certain situations uh, are, are killing this team yeah, against against better competition. It, that that phase has to be better. Yeah. Uh, but, well, but overall, they did, they did that, play better overall, no doubt that's about That's the offensive line again. I, I mean, Chalk. Chalk this year up. I the whole year I think can be summed up in the offensive line needed to improve at least slightly upon last year, and if anything, they're worse or just about the same. And also, a lot of people are blaming Mark Whipple, rightfully so. But I think that at the end of it, that'll be the kind of tale that's told about this 2020 Pitt Panther football team. But they pulled off this big win against Florida State to get off the schneid. Now they look ahead to Georgia Tech, an equally futile team to Florida State without the uh, the big win under their belt. I, or I guess they've beaten Florida State, so Florida State beating North Carolina, then beating Florida State. I don't know. This team is able to compete, kind of, uh, but they're not very good at all. This is a team that gave up. 48 points to Boston College, who I don't see as an offensive powerhouse. Uh, Even Pitt played them. They're not too impressive on offense. They've got some okay players, but this is not a good defense that Pitt's going up against and still a team in transition with a new regime, Vince. Yeah, yeah. It's still – it takes a long time to recruit your way out of a a, – a niche system like that triple yeah. option, uh, it, it is going to take uh, significant, you know, just every facet, you know, running backs, offensive linemen, receivers, quarterback, obviously. And, you know, you look at their quarterback, it looks like they do have a good uh, um, quarterback in uh, Je- Jeff Sims, I believe is his name. Uh, you know, he, he's been impressive. Um yeah, you know, he, he turns the ball over. A he, lot, he does though. turn the he ball over. He throws a lot of picks, so the secondary it, needs to sit back and feast it, on that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, ten interceptions thrown uh, this year. Uh, not a. You could tell that he's uh, under normal circumstances. He would not be starting this season. You know, uh, it, it seems like he's starting out of necessity for this team. But you could definitely see that he he's very talented. He could definitely make plays on the run. He's second on the team in rushing. And, you know, even in, you know, a lot of game, big games that they lost, uh, like he, even a game against Central Florida, you know, he he was able to make uh, some big plays and, and keep him uh, around in the game a little bit. Uh, so it's kind of like uh, this past week against Florida State with Travis. You know, it's another mobile quarterback that they're going to have to uh, you know, keep in check, keep in the pocket, force them to make throws that they can't really get pressure on them. And, and I think that's set us up to something that Pitt really excels at. So, and I expect them to excel again this week. So would you say that it's kind of a similar matchup then to last week and totally for the defense, they're going to be totally prepared and not a lot to worry about in terms uh-huh. of changing the game plan or changing how they're going to, approach this one i mean and by that i mean uh they're gonna do the same thing they do every single week but maybe not worry about an accurate quarterback <laughs> killing them downfield i yes i i do i mean i i think uh the sims is definitely a better athlete um 
maybe maybe the best athlete they've they played against at the quarterback position this season. Um, but no, uh, dear King. I don't know. This this kid's very impressive. Um, uh, King, obviously, and King King a much much better thrower. Yeah, no okay. no doubt about that. Um, uh, but I I think it is going to be a a similar situation, and you know, this defensive line uh, is really going to have to get after it, and the linebacker is going to have to be there to make the plays when available. So Georgia Tech. Coming into this game, they are not very good. They're two and five. Pitt gets the win. It's nothing to get super excited about if Pitt wins this game. But the fact is Pitt needs to win this game for the future of Pitt football. Because the doom and gloom, at least I think, kind of at least a little bit, just a teensy bit subsided after the victory over Florida State. You start seeing people at least going online and we'll get into that in a little bit, but posting about Narduzzi and maybe being a little bit more level-headed talking about him and his future. Obviously, everybody's still anti-Mark Whipple, it feels like, but Pitt needs to win this game against a a t- opponent that their defense, at least defensively, they just outmatch, should overpower. Uh, you know, they have play- obviously, as any ACC team, they have some players you have to game plan for and be prepared for, but uh, I mean, I am expecting a similar story to what we saw, hopefully, against Florida State, Pam. I don't know about you, but I'm going into this one pretty confident. Yeah, I am too. So it'll probably be a close nail biter or something if we're <laughs> we're all pretty confident. That's the scary part here. Um, I just – this is an, a real opportunity um, – for the offense to continue to put up points and yeah. really find a groove. Like let's finish, have the offense finish on a high note. Jordan Addison is a star in the yeah. making. So let's continue to feed him and let's just put the foot on the pedal and just keep going. Cause this defense yeah. for Georgia tech is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. This, this defense is giving up 40 points a game, 500 yards a game. And it, there's no reason why Pitt shouldn't, uh, have some success here, and we know that they've struggled to run the ball. Uh, and that probably is going to be the case early on in this game. Uh, but uh, you mentioned to Pam Jordan Allison; he he is just you know, uh, he he's just making plays all over the field. He's getting open. Can he's finding them? Uh, but I do want to see these other guys get involved. I I don't think there's enough of the other receivers uh, yet involved in the in. I don't know if it's not involved in the game plan or the guys aren't getting open or, or what it is, but uh, Alan, like uh, a shocky Jacques Louis, uh, a, a great athlete. I, I just don't understand why, why this kid's only getting a couple targets, a couple catches a game. It seems like, you know, especially without Taysier Mack last week, you would have thought that, you know, he uh, was maybe going to get the ball a lot more and that just, just hasn't been the case. I I really do feel like the roles that some of the receivers are being put in is limiting. It's it's similar to how Paris Ford was uh, limited on defense and asked to do very specific things 
where he maybe is able to do other things as well, but not being given the chance. Shockey Shock Louis, what does he do? What does he get to do? He gets to run down the field and catch deep balls and hopefully catch them uh, not too often. He gets thrown to maybe as a third option on a on a progression by Kenny Pickett, and he's occasionally featured in a gadget play, very rarely. So really he's limited to just running down the field and using utilizing his speed. That's what Mark Whipple has labeled him as. That's what he's used for, and that's all he gets to really do. So... I, again, I, I think these are things that you could just kind of pin on Mark Whipple and how he's utilizing the talent that he has. Um, it's it's unfortunate for the wide receivers. It's for the running backs, I think, not so much Whipple or their fault. It's really an offensive line thing. But how those receivers are, like Jordan Addison is great. I think he's awesome, but he's really, he's being put in those positions to, to shine and look great. He's being given that chance, too. I, and I'm not going to discredit anything he's done. He's been amazing. But I feel like other – I don't feel like Jordan Addison is miles ahead of guys like Shockey Jacques. Do you, Pam? I don't feel like those guys are incapable of making the kind of plays he he does. I mean, he's maybe a I mean, little I, bit more gifted in terms of finding a spot to get open. But those guys are also equally fast and agile. But Addison's really caught the ball. So I think he's made the most of his opportunities and Pickett is comfortable with him. He can trust him at this point in the year. I think he is a little better. Yeah. He's better. He is a better player. And obviously Kenny Pickett's recognized them. He's looking for him and they've, he's delivered too. But I feel like Shockey Jacques Louis is, is a guy, especially that should be given more opportunities. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and even you know a guy, a guy like Jared Wayne. Yeah, you know, you know he had he had two big catches last week. Uh, it was sixty six total yards on two catches. Um, but but that's somebody who you would think you know a big bodied receiver like that on a a third and short situation instead of trying to do a you know, even a third and medium. Instead of trying to do a short, you know, a, a screen pass, a swing pass to a running back or something that somebody that's not even beyond the line of scrimmage, well, you know, why not, you know, throw just just a, a, a quick five yard hook or or a, or a slant route or, or, you know, something where where, you know, the especially in today's game where you know defensive holding and pass interference are called now more than ever you know you get a big bodied receiver like that he could get position uh and it basically forces you know the the defender to to foul him in order to uh stop him from catching the ball uh i i would love to see you know those guys you know get the ball more in in those kind of situations and i'm hoping we start to see that more as the season comes to a close Yep, and they have the opportunity this week because, like we said, Georgia Tech stinks on defense. Uh, before we move on, I want to go back real quick to the Florida State game, Pam, and we talk about him all the time, Vincent Davis. If I, I don't recall him getting that far past the line of scrimmage all season at all. <laughs> In that game, that was it was really exciting to see for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, and I think I even commented at one point uh, during the game while watching the game, like, he gets hit so hard, and he just keeps going and going and going. So, uh, yeah, it was nice to see him kind of uh, get 
get some yards. <laughs> that was it. He got some, and then AJ Davis even got some play. Vince, it was really a different tale for the running backs in that Florida State game. So we should keep an eye on that going into the Georgia Tech game. Yeah, it, on those on the latest depth chart, if if you, if you believe it, um, AJ Davis is is the, the number two running back right now. Uh, it's been interesting how they how they've used these guys. Uh, over this season and I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about it you know when, when the season's over about you know who who should have been getting more touches and, and and what we look forward to for next year uh but you know with the way the offensive line and, and the play calling has been there hasn't been a ton of opportunities there all the time but this was a game where uh, like you said Alan you know they you know he was able to get through the hole without getting touched quite a bit particularly in the second half uh, and I don't know if a lot of that was, you know, Florida State had, you know, the, the wind was out of their sails or or you know, Pitt finally found a, a groove and, and, you know, was gotten to a good rhythm of running the ball or, or whatever it was. But but it, it, it did work out and they were able to close out that game pretty nicely. And, and that's the thing. I, I do think that these running backs that they have do have some good talent. Uh, it, it's just been. I really think, think it's been play calling and line play that, that that's held them back for the most part. Not not on everything, but uh, I think that's that's been the bulk of the issue. And it's unfortunate that because the offense is such a, a point of contention with the Pitt Panthers, we do, I admittedly on here, spend less time talking about some of the standouts on defense. But we do have to finally give it up to Servassier Dennis, who. Yeah is a I think turning into a legitimate stud for the Pitt Panthers potential star and yep. really having a hell of a year and a steal. I don't even think he I've, from what I've heard he was not given many offers to big time college football programs Vince and look at him here you got two yep. sacks last week and has been all over the place every single week it feels like. Yeah, he he is he's been the most impressive linebacker for sure. Uh, one of the and, most impressive people on defense. Yeah, yeah, one of the best on defense, and a, a guy that wasn't even really, you know, yeah, we knew he was going to be in the rotation uh, in in that top six group at, at linebacker, but you know, some injuries have happened, and uh, he he's made he's been given more opportunities, and he's rise to the occasion, and going for, forward, he's going to be a centerpiece uh, of this defense. I feel like in the Pat Narduzzi era, this may be the best linebacker we've had in terms of a guy that has both the size and the speed. And, and he's got good instincts, too. He knows how to get to the football and, and bring the ball carrier down. Hell of a job last week. And then Brandon Hill getting, of course, that pick six, stepping in for Paris Ford as the new starter. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, Pitt looking to carry over that defensive effort against Georgia Tech. We will give a prediction on the game in just a little bit let's move on to hoops first hoop segment in forever pam because the schedule released and the peterson event center will indeed allegedly host some basketball games this coming season now if it was this week that would not be happening because Pitt's on stay at home order on campus students can basically only go to class uh, and you know, essential stuff, work out and go get food. Uh, but hopefully when this basketball season starts, they'll be playing with in front of 1200 or 1000 
250 people maximum at the Pete. That's what they've put the number at currently. Uh, and the schedule, if it does happen, is pretty exciting. you got Duke coming to town on there. A lot of big-time ACC games. It's going to be an interesting college basketball season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pitt's going to play Northwestern in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, ACC tentatively plays everything subject to change so we're not going to dive too far into the schedule today we'll take a look at the team closer in depth in the upcoming weeks but um they play uh against miami on december 16th for the start of the acc uh they end the season at the beginning of march against clemson and the acc tournament uh runs march 9th through 9th march 13th but it's Everything's a little subject to change. We'll talk about that in our college football segment, yeah. but things are really up in the air. But yeah. interesting that they didn't, at least I didn't see any information on any other non-conference games or uh, maybe they're not going to have any. I don't, from what I've read, coaches are trying to scramble and uh, schedule. They were kind of, from what I've read, I think it was Jeff Goodman uh, was talking about how I think some schools were waiting a lot of schools are scrambling at the last minute. So uh, who knows what will happen with any other non-conference games. I know on the women's side, some of the teams are doing like mini tournaments and mm-hmm. like almost like a, not a bubble, but kind of like an isolated situation, a few game tournaments with teams that we typically would see, I guess this time of year normally, but. All I know is I cannot wait to see that Irishman, Max Madison, uh, in, in a Pitt Panther uniform to see what he does, to see uh, what the new recruits do. Uh, but this college basketball season, first and foremost, what the hell is it going to look like? Will it be an opportunity for teams like Pitt to maybe get wins that they wouldn't have gotten? Because there's really going to be minimal home field ad- home court advantage, Vince, for teams like Duke and North Carolina. Will they be limited with how many Cameron crazies, this is going to be a, yeah. a, one of the more yeah. interesting COVID seasons of all the sports. Yeah, Duke, uh, Pam, I know you're all over the story. They they did come out and they said, I believe there will be no students, uh, yeah. no Cameron crazies at all uh, at their home games, at least as of right right now. Um, so that that's a very interesting point, Alan. Yeah. You know, college basketball, uh, among all sports, may have the you know maybe weighted. Uh, the heaviest in terms of uh, home field or home court advantage. Uh, and so that, that is a very good point. Uh, and, you know, for a team like Pitt who, you know, they, they could use every, any win they could get, you know, <laughs> at the, at this point, uh, at, you know, in their uh, trek to get back up uh, into the, you know, up, upper echelon of college basketball, uh, climbing out of this very deep hole that, that they're in. Uh, but, you know, looking at you know the, the the talent, the the recruiting, some of the transfers that that uh, Coach Capel has brought in, um, I think that this year they could definitely take a step in the right direction. I expect a bigger jump, you know, than we saw last year, and I think you could be right in that you know, there may be some more opportunities to to steal a game on the road that weren't weren't always available. It's a different kind of season coming up. So out of nowhere, maybe, you know, if you're a historian in like 20 years, you say, how did out of nowhere Pitt win the ACC in 2020? What happened that year? (laughs) You're going to know it was maybe because there were no fans. But we'll see how it actually all ends up turning out. But the schedule was released. And similar to when the college football schedule was released over the summer, 
uh, you know, the times and all. Uh, we all kind of take it with a grain of salt. And, uh, okay, we'll see what happens and see how it pans out because uh, the SEC has kind of fallen into uh, what we predicted before the season started this week, and we'll get into that in just a bit. But, yes, the Pitt basketball schedule is out. You've got the ACC tournament in March, which I have very high hopes for to actually be a, a really exciting tournament. Maybe one of the first big sporting events with a packed house if all goes according to a plan. But, of course, no one no one knows uh, at the moment with the current climate we're all in. But we do know that we are ready for pit hoops to get underway safely here on the Hail to Pit podcast. If you are ready, Pam, Vince, I'm ready to go onto the virtual uh, uh, chatter here because I want to know what people are saying after a win about this schedule and also some comments Pat Narduzzi made this week. Let's do it. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. We're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. First up on Panther Lair, Chris46 said, Pathetic. Only three of the 11 games this year will be on national TV. Everything else was garbage ACC network. Pam, the ACC network is not garbage. It is a very great cable new, cable channel, sports channel. I watch it. I think it's a good channel. I like it too. I think it's great. I think people, the biggest issue, I think they should say be trash and Comcast here. Yes. But the thing is, the ECC network is national TV. It's not yeah. national. It's global, Chris46. That yeah. can be watched by pit fans that are in the military, pit fans that are over in England. The ACC network is accessible to everybody, unless you live in Pittsburgh and have Comcast. And this week, we the game's on route, right? Yes. That, that, yeah, uh, or AT&T Sportsnet. Whatever it's called. That now. is the first game. And probably the only game this year that will not be nationally televised. I, that, this is something that really bothers me. As, as people, you know, that was the purpose of this network was, you know, among other things, was to have more ACC games nationally televised and not just on regional networks. So that yeah, if you're if you're in England or if you're in Wyoming. Or if you're in Texas or California, if you have access to the ACC network, which is a national channel, a national broadcast channel, cable channel, you'll be able to watch these games, and and I think it's great. You know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have. Com- if I had Comcast, I would be, you know, pretty upset about it. But I would also do something about it, and I would make sure that I had the ACC network. Uh, FiOS in the Pittsburgh area does not have AT&T Sports Network anymore, from what I understand. Uh, so if you are a uh, Comcast person, this may be the only game you've been able to watch in, in a long time, outside of, I guess, the uh, the Miami and uh, Notre Dame games. Or maybe, but also, on the, maybe, on the pl- no, Miami was ACC Network. That was Notre ACC Dame, Network. I think, was the only one. On, on the plus side, too, when you're like, oh, the game's only on route, that also does mean, though, that the game is also probably on you know, Fox Sports Southwest, Prime Ticket, and other other <laughs> sports networks in other towns that are looking for stuff to air. They, they air these 
to them, random college games. And uh, the Pitt football team is, yes, going to be broadcast in some weird, weird uh, cities this week because of that. But, but I mean, 3 of 11 ain't bad. And, you know, things change if your team's good at the end of the year. That 3 might turn to 5 or 6. Schedules can be changed on TV easily with stuff like that. And who cares anyway, Chris46? Just watch the game and hail to pit. Let's let's go on to the next one. I'm excited for this one. I found this on Reddit. This is from H2 the Berg, who said, I'm excited for any win at this point. Nobody's calling for Narduzzi to be extended at this or at this point. Like needs to figure out if we need to clean house or just fire Whipple and give it one more year. I personally think they're going to go with the latter, regardless of what we want. What does that mean, regardless of what we want? What I want is get rid of Whipple, get another coordinator in there, and just keep this train moving, Pam. Find that Map Canada replacement finally, hopefully, because they were I felt like they were on a track and that got derailed because of that loss. But a lot of Pitt fans feel like it's just as good as it's ever going to get. What do you feel? I feel like, yeah, they need to try mixing it up with some young, energetic coordinators, uh, especially on the offensive end. Like, college football is so progressive, so different. I mean, look at even someone like Nick Saban's adjusted his plan. I mean, he went out and hired Lane Kiffin, and just he changed his offense. Look at Mac Jones. He's thrown for thousands of yards. He might, he's rocketing up draft boards because Nick Saban a few years ago changed with the times. So we need to change with the times. Not saying I think Pat Narduzzi can and especially on that defensive side of the ball right that ship, but his strength is not the offense. He they need to get creative on that side of the ball. As much criticism as I give the defense for their for the scheme that they run. And I'm convinced that that the defense can only be so good given this scheme. If you look at Pitt's record, you know, whenever their offense scores 30-plus points, you know, their record's pretty good. Uh, So that tells me right there that, you know, as long as their defense is not getting torched all the time, which which Pitt's defense is not, they, they do have some bad games every once in a while, but, you know, it kind of seems like if you had an offense that was just, you know, an average college football offense, uh, that this team, you know, would have won, you know, several more games. It's kind of like, you know, in 2016, if they had a defense that was just average, uh, that they would have won a few more games. So it, it's kind of just bringing it all together. And that's kind of one of the things where, where you really got away, you know, is Pat Narduzzi the guy or not you know he does some things well but then there's also a lot of question marks on if he if, if they're ever going to get there so you really got to weigh that out and I, i'm i'm i can't wait to see the rest of the season and then really dig into it whenever whenever we're in the off season well speaking of the guy the guy who's in charge right now still he said some interesting things this week about the team that just upset Clemson Tigers talking about Notre Dame Pat Narduzzi said he would love to have him if you want to have if you want to play in the ACC come play in the ACC 
he said about Notre Dame. And if you don't want to play, let's not give them five games. Let them go play BYU or whoever else they want to play. Shots fired at BYU notwithstanding, Pam. What do you think of Pat Narduzzi's quote there? I think it's in poor taste this year. I mean, everyone in the ACC is getting a big chunk of that Notre Dame uh, NBC money, from my understanding. And uh, NBC said that the Notre Dame Clemson game was one of the highest rated games, I think, since the Bush push, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So no one's uh, batting an eye at the money that's going to be coming in from Notre Dame. So what is it? Don't bite the hand that feeds you? Like, I mean, especially in this year. So what did you? You told me yesterday it was don't snap at the mouth that feeds you or something. Yeah, I got I got the saying wrong, but this time I got it right when it mattered most. It also makes you – it makes you look kind of like a punk ass, too, because your team just got whooped by that team. So it looks yeah, I, like talking tough about Notre Dame at all as the pit head coach after they just molly whopped you, just like kind of shut your mouth. Just yeah. if someone asks you about them, say if they want to be in the ACC, I w- you know, it'd be great to have them here. That's all you need to say. But throwing that other yeah. shade, as the kids say, is kind of in poor taste. And like don't throw shade at- BYU, BYU uh, is a top, uh, top team, ten team. I know we, that would we're probably probably would kick Pitt's ass. Honestly, well, 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 I think he mentioned BYU because BYU is an independent, uh, the same as Notre Dame. Could have said Army. Um, uh, Army, uh, yeah, he could have said Army. Um, who is also uh, they were flirting with a, a top twenty-five ranking as well. Um, Notre Dame, the ACC benefits a lot uh, fr- from them, and and probably the biggest thing is you know they got to play five, what is it, five or six uh, ACC schools per year, and half those games are going to be on NBC, but then half of them are going to be when uh, whenever they're road games, those games are automatically going to be nationally televised. Yeah, so that's you know that's an extra couple probably ABC nationally televised games that you're gaining uh, by um, by them playing uh, additional ACC teams and, and the more exposure for your ACC teams, the better. Um, so is it, is it great from a traditionalist standpoint? No, but, um, but is it, is it a monetary benefit for the ACC and good for exposure? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it, but those the quotes from Pat Narduzzi, it's just the guy who kind of puts his foot in his mouth, I think, uh, a little too often these days. We will see uh, what else he says throughout the season, though, when prompted with interesting questions like that. And, of course, we'll comment on them right here. Just as Pitt fans are commenting about Pat Narduzzi nonstop, it feels like. Vince all over town, a four-game losing streak, then beats Florida State, says things about Matt Canada. He's a very uh, outspoken guy, and people are outspoken about him. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> this is it seems like any time a pit, a pit coach is having a loses a few games there's always discussion of, of a change. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing trying to find out what the answers are saying. You think if we lose they fire Narduzzi and Wani come back? Nah, he's gone all Hollywood all at that big noon kickoff show. Oh, I never seen that. What channel that on? Fifty three. Hell to pit. What the answers are saying. 
That's what the interns are saying. Uh, just a lot of weird, weird, weird discussions around town. As I said, anytime a uh, pit coach loses a few games, there's always discussion for for a firing. Uh, but uh, we do have to move on to this uh, week in in college football. And then really with all these games getting canceled, there's not a whole lot of games out there to discuss Alan, but uh, there's one big Western Pennsylvania game that I, I uh, WPIL high school game that I want to discuss a little bit. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned after uh, Friday, it's really, uh, I'm just going to be waiting for the NFL on Sunday, the pick game in the NFL, the rest of the college football, who knows what's going to happen. We, we got, uh, you know, big game with uh, with uh, Cincinnati playing on on Friday, and then of course right here, Aliquippa, TJ, it's on. What's the spread on that game, and why is Thomas Jefferson going to win? Well, uh, Alan, believe it or not, this game is actually going to be on Saturday. From what oh, I oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they uh, move the game? Did they move the game because they said, "Oh, no one's going to be watching Louis uh, LSU in Alabama now," so we'll move the game I, to Saturday? I, I think I think so. It's going to be at one o'clock on the CW. Uh, so I'm sure there's some people who are going to be complaining that it's not a national broadcast or on the but, point. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Watch it. Uh, but yeah, th- this is this is a big game here. Uh, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about this game. Uh, Aliquippa, it's just so impressive that they keep moving up in, in class with, with uh, you know, just small enrollment, and, and they continue to just beat everybody. And uh, this is the Class 4A game going up against TJ, uh, traditional power, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, but Aliquippa, you know, I think they just have too much speed for this Thomas Jefferson team. Uh, TJ, they 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 lost to McKeesport uh, earlier this year. Uh, a smaller, quicker team, which was really able to to disrupt uh, some of the blocking schemes that that Thomas Jefferson's known for. And that's why I am going to go with Aliquip in this game. TJ just ah, does not seem as strong. They whatever. don't ever. Where TJ's winning, then we're all going to go over to Mama Russo's for some meatballs afterwards. It's going to be a great Saturday. Pitt's going to win too. I got TJ. I, I'm not hearing that on this show, Vince. Don't bring that here. <laughs> I'm going with Aliquippa. I think uh, I think this is a big statement game for Aliquippa. So. Yeah, yeah. You got to think that they're, uh, you know, they're really fired. Anytime they get a chance to play one of the really big boys, they they want to uh, make a statement. And then there's there's not many bigger than TJ uh, in, in Western Pennsylvania. They also want revenge for that. Uh, championship game they lost against TJ in 1980. They also <laughs> want big revenge from that, from what I've heard. So since basically college football, there's no, the SEC's canceled. Here are the three things I'm looking forward <laughs> to the most on, on Saturday. Uh, TJ beating Aliquippa is my number three. Boston College and Jerko beating uh, Notre Dame. And then, of course, Pitt beating Georgia Tech. That's what I'm I'm geared up for, Pam, on Saturday. And that's what I'm going to be tossing back the rest of these cases of wicked weed Uncle Rick Pilsners on, and on a do you know what? Saturday. 
if that's your slate, it lines lines up perfectly time wise. I think the Quippa uh, TJ games at one, yeah, three thirty. I think it's ABC. I think it's nationally televised for those interested. Yeah. Is the uh, <laughs> Boston College Notre Dame game, and then Pitt Georgia Tech at seven. So you could that that's I have a feeling that's what we'll be doing here. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I am excited to see that Boston College game, uh, Jeff Halfley. To see uh to see what he could do against a uh a, a, um against a, a team that just uh just upset Clemson number well, one we, team in the land because they're not they don't deserve Notre Dame shouldn't be in the in the playoff and they're they're ducking USC this year so really this is our last hope right here this is what we need Boston College come on do it for us Pitt minus six and a half against Georgia Tech Pam what do you see happening? I think Pitt's going to win. I think it's going to be like a a 34 to 16 win for Pitt. I think they win and they win handily. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's 34, 16. I think it's going to be another easy week. Maybe I'm just projecting what I want to happen uh, more so than what I think, but I think Georgia, I've seen Georgia tech a few times this year. That defense is really bad. I think Pitt's defense scores once or twice as well from a turnover. So 34, 16 is what I got. Yeah. I'm pretty confident too. And I don't know about the score. I think the score, I'm going to go under 30 for Pitt 29 to 13, but I'm looking most importantly here, Vince, Kenny Pickett over 300 yards passing in here, distributing the football to people not named Jordan Addison. Yeah, if if he does get over 300 yards passing, I expect Pitt to score quite a bit of points in this game. Uh, I, I I'm going to go Pitt 34, Georgia Tech 13, and I, I, I as you said, Alan, I think it's really important. We've stressed it this show. You know, you got to get more guys involved in this offense. It can't just be Jordan Addison all the time uh and but at the same time as long as they continue to just not drop the ball uh this this offense you know can be better that than than what it has shown How do you like me now? so that's a cover all around at least than a pit win it's what we all expect in a little bit better of a mood maybe less people calling for narduzzi to be fired after a win pam probably not yeah, we'll wait and see. I, I doubt. I doubt that. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, but enjoy it. Enjoy the weekend. There's college football to be played, just not in the South. Uh, but hopefully, you're all staying stay safe. Unlike some football teams out there that are getting caught up, uh, it's a dangerous climate out there. But somehow they're getting through this college football season, and uh, we've been covering it each and every single step of the way, and we will continue to do so. Can't wait, though. Let's get this win, though, against Georgia Tech first, Pam. Yep. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you right back here on your favorite podcast platform or on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us at H2P Show on Twitter, and we will be right in this spot with you next week celebrating that W over the Yellow Jackets. Hail to Pitt, everyone. Hail to Pitt.